Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Monday, February 28th. Coming up on the show today, a huge weekend in the SEC goes the way of the Tennessee Volunteers. And does that mean the Vols can get a two-seed? Nashville SC begins its third season in the MLS with a major statement performance on Sunday evening. But we begin with what could only amount to a complete and utter success by the Stadium Series on Saturday evening. If you own a home, make sure you remember the name The Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. They are Nashville's locally owned award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. And it is the only name you need to know before you make any big decisions about your house. That's The Kingston Group. Buildkg.com. It was a complete and utter smashing success. Obviously, everyone would have preferred a win in two points or even a single point in an overtime loss, and that would have been a fantastic finish and chef's kiss on what was a spectacular and historic weekend of hockey in Music City. But alas, Tampa won the game 3-2 over Nashville on a cold but more importantly dry night of action at a very full-throated Nissan Stadium. The stadium was full as more than 68,000 people went to Nashville's first ever outdoor hockey event. The crowd was exceptional and made all of the charming and entertaining signature chants from Bridgestone Arena all that much more powerful when three times as many people are yelling socks at the opposing team. It was quite enjoyable. The weather was basically as perfect as it could have been for the event. Cold, dry, and very good for hockey. The Predators scored the first goal as Tanner Janot lit the lamp. We had multiple fights, including a really long one in the first period, and half a dozen major skirmishes. The Game Ops team, which I am under the impression was the Nashville Predators crew, put on a precise and organized show for everyone in the building and on TV, unlike I have ever seen at Nissan Stadium. You had Dirk Spentley and Miranda Lambert and all these other people, although Tierra Kennedy is the best uh, the best thing I heard on uh, Saturday night at Nissan Stadium. You even had Pecorine take a catfish from Taylor Lewan and throw it onto the ice. Never mind if he knocks someone over or not. Not important. All of this, of course, on the heels of an emotional and memorable night on Thursday when they retired Pekka's jersey. And while I don't care at all about Lower Broadway or wanting to wade into that sea of nonsense, I do guarantee you that outside national and hockey media folk enjoyed themselves a lot in those honky-tonks. Writers and talking heads should walk away from this event with nothing but wild praise for the city of Nashville and the Nashville Predators organization and our ability to host things like this. And that is how I would define success or failure for the stadium series. Sure, would a point or two have been a nice way to wrap up the weekend? Of course it would. But Saturday night in Smashville was nothing but a massive success. As a side note, outdoor hockey just makes you think like you're watching a bunch of old guys playing on their backyard on the farm in like Ontario. It's just a great vibe. I love it. And in fact, even the uniforms looked amazing under the lights in a very retro old school type of way. Mostly because we were too far away to read the marketing slogan on their chests. So two very random football notes from the Stadium Series game at Nissan Stadium. Obviously, Lawan and Brett Kern being out there with Pecorine with the catfish was, was absolutely exceptional. Then they cut to him, of course, in the stadium at some point, and it was Lawan and, of course, the boy, Will Compton, uh, maybe a couple of other players, those wrestling guys, and they're, they're you know just chugging beers and ripping off their shirts. George Kittle is, of course, in the building, in the room, in the suite with them, and I'm just – it's hard for me – 
He's such close buddies with Forsberg and the Preds. He's such close buddies with Lawan and some of the other Titans. He's living in Nashville now. He's obsessed with our city. I'm pretty sure there's one glaring hole on this Titans offense that could be filled by a player of George Kittle's caliber and quality. I'm not suggesting they can acquire him or that they can afford the contract or that it's even something either side is even considering. But it does feel like George Kittle would slide pretty nicely into a Tennessee Titans uniform considering all of his ties to the city, wouldn't it? You know, just saying, just throwing it out there. Also, again, I want to repeat this. The, the Predators ops team ran the game. And from the layout and building of the stage to the way it felt like it fit, it was significantly better sight lines than the Cotton Bowl because the stadium felt a little bit more conducive to a hockey game, whereas that old school 1930s Cotton Bowl architecture is just so expansive and massive that it doesn't feel right. It, it actually felt, I think, again, the city, the Preds, the Titan Stadium, all the people involved, I think, did a great job of setting up the event so that it was extremely consumable and viewable. Um, great sight lines, I thought, much, but much, much better than at the Cotton Bowl for the Winter Classic against the Dallas Stars. And it just goes to show you what a really great, phenomenal ops team can do, even to a stadium like Nissan Stadium. Uh, it's just every time I go in there, it's more and more apparent how badly they need a new one and how good the Nashville Predators are at putting on a big event like that. Every single thing was timed down to the second, and they did a brilliant job presenting that product on Saturday. Even before the historic night at Nissan Stadium, the day of sports on Saturday had already delivered in a big way. Kentucky and Arkansas played a fantastic game in front of an electric crowd at Bud Walton Arena in Fayetteville, and all of a sudden, Arkansas is one of the hottest teams in America. They've won 13 out of 14 games, and are now in second place in the SEC one game back of Auburn. Why are Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee all tied at second place in the SEC one game back of Auburn? Because the Vols played lockdown defense for 40 minutes from the first possession, hounding the Auburn Tigers in Knoxville for yet another top 10 win. Not only is the win another elite resume bullet point for the Vols, but it gives them a chance at a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. Additionally, it also gives the Vols a tiebreaker over Auburn should the Tigers lose one of their last two regular season games and Tennessee can finish with two wins. The Vols will play Georgia on Tuesday before hosting the aforementioned Razorbacks at home in what should be a fantastic season finale that could have major seeding implications in both the SEC and NCAA tournaments. Arkansas will host LSU on Wednesday before their trip to Thompson Bowling Arena next weekend. Kentucky will finish with Ole Miss at home on Tuesday before finishing in Gainesville on Saturday. Auburn will play Mississippi State in Starkville on Wednesday and South Carolina at home on Saturday. So they probably have the easiest stretch. Two wins in the Tigers are regular season SEC champs and will likely have locked down a one seed in the big dance. Vanderbilt felt like maybe it was trending towards an NIT bid, but two narrow losses this week to Alabama and Mississippi State have likely ended those hopes. The Doors will have Florida and Ole Miss to finish, and a win or two would solidify a season that was clearly a big step forward. Even if their current 6-10 and record isn't where Vanderbilt fans want to be, it has been progress for what it's worth. Well, the third season of Nashville MLS soccer got started in absolute style with a 1-0 win over Seattle on the road in Seattle on Sunday evening. Randall Leal connected with Anibal Godoy backside, who buried it in the 80th minute to offer the game-winning goal for Nashville SC. We can get into a lot of details why, why Gary Smith deployed all of his midfielders in the starting lineup. Sean Davis, their newly 
acquired midfielder, played a ton of meaningful minutes along with Dax McCarty and the aforementioned Godoy. So an interesting decision in the midfield he's got to make. How about Eric Miller playing right back? That's certainly going to be a question. Teal Bunbury, newly acquired forward, who is the first off the bench into the starting lineup. Not a guy named Ake Loba, who in fact Bunbury was involved in in the starting and the buildup of that goal that eventually led to the game winner. There's a lot of details, the striker status, rotation, right back, midfield, a lot of questions that you Nashville SC fans are going to have about this team following their first match of the 2022 season. And most of those questions should be answered every single week on the Club and Country podcast by Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan. So if you want to go deep in the weeds, there are the guys to do it, and they will do it on Tuesday. However, what does the casual fan need to know about a one nothing win over Seattle? Well, Seattle was picked by almost everyone in almost every level of expertise to be your Western Conference champion, to be the one seed in this conference and to win the regular season in the West. And so with Nashville starting eight consecutive games on the road before the brand new big beautiful stadium opens on May 1st, Well, the idea that they could go out there and get a result, a one-point draw, was the goal. And to come back with a 1-0, clean sheet, straight-up road victory and three points over the number one team in almost all of MLS, but certainly the Western Conference, according to all preseason prognostication, is a monumental statement to begin the season. Sure, three points on the road is important. That means a lot. But it's how it happened. On the road against the best team in the conference, potentially, in bad weather. This was not a situation where Nashville SC was supposed to go get a W in three points. So if, in fact, these were the top two teams in the Western Conference, as many have projected for this season, all you need to know as a layman is that our boys in goal just went out to Seattle and made a major first weekend statement and currently have the best win in all of MLS on their resume. What a great way to start the season. Three years, MLS, new stadium coming soon. Lots of weaponry, lots of expectation. Gary Smith's bunch off to a great start. Wasn't a ton of action, and the guys on Club and Country will get into all the details. So there's a lot to like about what took place. But the bottom line is Nashville SC made a major statement in its first match of the 2022 season. Make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website, of course, the 440, brought to you every single morning by our wonderful friends, the Kingston Group. If you own a home and you're going to make some big decisions about a renovation or a custom build, all you need to know is the name, the Kingston Group. Give them a call. Check out their work, BuildKG.com. Thank you guys so much for listening, of course. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter, at Braden Gall. Share the product, share the show. Please check out the YouTube page. We're going to be doing a lot more stuff on that page and, and really want to get you guys over there. So make sure you're uh, subscribing and clicking all the buttons you're supposed to be clicking and checking out all the good stuff over there that uh, Aaron and a lot of the other folks are putting up for you. Again, thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Monday, February 28th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.